Well, here's a gentleman I've been waiting to have on my show for a while. Jeff Gwynn, he's the author of The Road to Jonestown, Jim Jones and the People's Temple. With the same riveting detail and unmatched investigative reporting that made Jeff Gwynn's book on serial killer and cult leader Charles Manson an acclaimed national bestseller, The Road to Jonestown sheds new light on a subject we thought we knew. Jim Jones, the man responsible for the deaths of more than 900 people at Jonestown and Guyana. Drawing on a host of new, often exclusive interviews and sources, Jeff Gwynn delivers the most authoritative and comprehensive account yet of one of the most notorious figures in American history and answers the question, how could this tragedy have happened? And he joins us right now. Jeff, thanks for this. Uh, you've been doing quite the media tour. Um, how have people responded to, I guess, this new research that you've that you've done? Well, actually, a better question would be: What is the one thing that you've dug up that no one else has? Can you lay claim to anything like that? If I lay claim to anything, I think it's trying to put everything about Jones and People's Temple into a more realistic context, because. Mostly, anything anyone knows about them now is uh, confined to don't drink the Kool-Aid and look at all those idiots who died unnecessarily in one day. And that misses the whole history of the Church and of Jim Jones's ministry. It, it came to a terrible end, but there were so many amazing accomplishments along the way. The, the story is much more nuanced than most people realized, I think, and that included me. Would it be much more nuanced than the Manson story? Very much so. Uh, Charles Manson and Jim Jones, if you look at them together, is like comparing Mickey Mouse with Machiavelli. <laughs> wow. Manson was just a, a low-level, blue-collar thug who conned a couple dozen drug-addled kids. Jim Jones was a man of considerable talent and uh, accomplishment who drew people to him not by promising he was going to give them the world or give them superpowers or anything else, but through the best part of their natures. You join people's temple to try to help others, not to gain control over others or to help yourself. Hmm. Wow. Uh, well, you are speaking about two subjects uh, that I've been enthralled with for, for, well, most of my life, I think, and that's why I had Vincent Bugliosi on the show a, a couple of times over the last uh, few years. Why do you cover these things? What's wrong with you? <laughs> well, you know, there's things wrong with all of us. Uh, my books are not always about cults or mass murders or tragedy, but these are often things that are remembered as touchstones for certain years in history. I wrote the Manson book because I wanted to understand the 1960s better. I was born in 1951, so the 60s and the 70s are really the time I'm coming of age. Sure. The two things, at least in America, that seem to define the 1970s were Watergate, and after 4,000 books being written on that subject, I didn't think there was much I could add. <laughs> nope. And, and don't drink the Kool-Aid. And beginning with the fact it wasn't Kool-Aid, that it wasn't uh, drunk voluntarily by most of the people who died that day, hmm. and that there was a hell of a lot more to Jim Jones and People's Temple in November 18, 1978. You know, there wasn't a new thing in the world to be able to write about on that subject. So I, I hope I've be, been able to bring some new information 
yeah. and some clarity to it. That's what I tried to do. Who do you think uh, killed Jim Jones? Jim Jones cannot be forgiven for what he did, not just to himself, but to people who trusted him and believed in him. And one of the problems I'm having is as I go along on the never-ending Jim Jones tour and try to tell the whole story, is there are some people who have just made up their minds that Jim Jones was either a lunatic, uh, a psychopath, a murderer, all of the above, and certainly he had these terrible traits. But People's Temple, the concept of religion that you just don't go around praising Jesus and telling yourself that because you went to church on Sunday, this means you're one of God's beloved and you're going to heaven. But instead looking at the mandate of Christianity as giving up all that you don't need and trying to treat everyone, and that means everyone, regardless of gender, race, what they own or don't own, with equal respect that we're servants rather than receivers. That was the basis of People's Temple, and that's why so many different kinds of people follow Jim Jones. We're not talking about a bunch of brainless zombies. We're talking about people of considerable accomplishment in many cases, and always of good intent. But who do you think killed Jim Jones? The one who killed Jim Jones was Jim Jones. He was a demagogue. He very much believed that it was his fate to be the greatest man in the world. He always sought personal power, and this is as opposed to what he was telling his followers they should try to attain. And ultimately, he was a man who wanted to make a huge final statement. He didn't see himself as a shepherd leading a flock. He had come to think of himself as a general at war with the rest of the world, particularly the capitalistic world, and that what he had rather than followers were soldiers, and if the general had to sacrifice the soldiers to make a final statement, that was acceptable. Of course it's wrong. No one's saying we forgive Jones for what happened in Guyana and many of the other things he did in the course of his career. But how is his body found? His body was found among over 900 others in Jonestown on November 19th and 20th, 1978. Of those bodies, all but two died from cyanide poisoning. Two, Jim Jones and his personal nurse died from gunshot wounds to the head. So clearly, he had not wanted to go through the god-awful throes of cyanide poisoning himself. And I personally think it's pretty likely that he gave Annie Moore, his nurse, the honor, as she would have seen it, of dispatching him by gunshot so it would be quicker. Hmm. What's what's wrong with a utopian society? Every time that that phrase, well, most times that phrase is used, Jeff, it's used in the context of, of cult many times. Do, would you not think? So what's wrong with utopian society? Nothing's wrong with attempting to get as close to a utopian society where everything's equal, where everyone's happy, where everyone's cared for. The problem is when you start insisting that only your way, your beliefs, the way you would do it, is the only 
possible, responsible, or acceptable way to get there. We get a lot of that in politics. We get a lot of that in religion. Yeah. One of the best things about People's Temple uh, during the years that it flourished, and it did flourish, and there were a lot of great accomplishments in terms of social programs, was that the only rule was to find practical ways to help people who needed it. Mm-hmm. Did they kill the children first? Yes, they did. There were 900-something people in Jonestown that day, and we have to remember there's three very separate groups. The first are about 300 children, many of them infants and toddlers. That's murder. They don't really understand what's going on. They certainly are in no position to make these choices. Another 200 or more are very old senior citizens who have been there because their Social Security checks help pay the bills. Many of them are decrepit, they're doddering, they're in the deepest damn jungle in the world. If they don't take the poison and they're left on their own, they're not going to live another day or two anyway. Mm -hmm. Then you come to about 350 adults, and of those 350, yes, there are a few who've bought into Jim Jones entirely. Uh, They believe he's the second coming of Christ. If he says, take this poison, they do it and thank him for the privilege. But there are many more, and there's a tape recorder running. I mean, if you really want to, you can listen to the death tape over the Internet, and you can hear people trying not to do it, Jones screaming at them, no, no, you know, good socialists don't act this way. It's only like going to sleep. Well, actually, let's, we, we've got that cued. Let's have a, I just want our listeners to get a little, just a little sample of this tape that you're talking about. Do you mind just holding on a second, Jeff? I want to get our listeners in on this one. Yeah. Okay, have a listen to this. Here is Jim Jones in the final hours speaking to his people. I was to respect, die with a degree of dignity. Lay down your life with dignity. Don't lay down with tears and agony. There's nothing to death. It's like Max said. It's just stepping over in another plane. Don't, don't be this way. Stop this hysterics. This is not the way for people who are socialist to communists to die. No way for us to die. We must die with some dignity. Soon we'll have no choice. Now we have some choice. You think they're going to allow this to be done and allow us to get by with this? Must be insane. All right, so you can obviously hear uh, what is quite disturbing, the children crying and screaming in the background, and I'm assuming that it was a fairly chaotic scene, and I don't want to get too macabre, well, maybe I do, but I want to paint the picture right. I'm assuming these children were screaming and, and, and causing a fuss because they were being killed. Death by cyanide is one of the most horrible ways to expire. I mean, what it does is it robs the body of the ability to take in oxygen. And you go into convulsions, you froth at the mouth, and you suffocate slowly and horribly. And this is happening when they're taking the children's first, the babies, the toddlers, and they're giving them the poison by dripping it in their mouths from syringes. And these little children are going into these horrific fits. And everyone is seeing this and suddenly understanding this is not peacefully lying down and stepping over like Jim Jones has promised. 
And that's, you hear the screaming, you hear him telling people, die with dignity. There were armed guards around the pavilion in Jonestown, and Jones had made up this, this guard of his most fervent followers who were going to do whatever he told them. There were, and I've seen the autopsy report, so this is not secondhand, there were at least a hundred, probably more people who absolutely refused to take the poison, and they were held down, and they were forcibly injected. And we know this because the injections left abscesses on their bodies hmm. that the doctors were able to discover when they looked over the bodies. So we're talking mass murder here. We're not talking group suicide. Now, Jim Jones himself, when he was speaking, his speech was quite slurred, more than usual. And had he not been taking sort of uppers to get up in the morning and downers to sleep at night to the point where he was just one walking pharmacy? Jim Jones abused drugs for decades. We see most of these pictures of him with his dark glasses on. And he would tell his followers it's because he had so much power in him, if they looked directly in his eyes, they might burn up. The truth was, his eyes were bright red from the drug usage. He took uppers to get going in the morning, and he took tranquilizers to finally go to sleep late at night. I mean, it was pretty much never straight. So, um, drink the the uh, by the way it was it wasn't uh, uh, Kool Aid it was Flavor Aid the the no name right. version is that right? Yeah, it was a cheaper knockoff. Che- cheaper everything, knockoff. Uh, everything used in Jonestown was discount. So drink it or be held down and be injected or be shot. Those are the three options. True. Uh, actually, they didn't shoot anybody but Jones and Annie Moore. It was either drink it or be held down. But they they threatened because they had armed guards standing around. Uh, That's right. And and I spoke with Leslie Wagner Wilson uh, last year, maybe a year ago, and uh, right. I think her husband had something to do with with the security detail. Is that is that about right? right? Leslie's husband was one of the ones who got on the tractor and went after Congressman Leo Ryan, the media, and the fifteen people who that afternoon had wanted to leave Jonestown. Right. He was part of the the hit squad that murdered many of them and wounded several others six miles away at an airstrip in Port Kaituma. Leslie's book, by the way, is excellent, and I recommend it to everybody. Well, that's good. That's good. I really enjoyed my conversation with her. She seemed very authentic and uh, and um, spoke quite, quite effectively about uh, her story and her situation. There are questions I want to ask, not necessarily about the, what went down in Jonestown, because people can get your book. So, again, we're on the phone with Jeff Gwynn. He's the author of The Road to Jonestown, Jim Jones and the People's Temple. But, Jeff, white men selling hope in predominantly poor black congregations with great music. That actually goes on a fair bit even today. It goes on a fair bit even today, but what does not go on is the fact that Jim Jones, in one of the most highly segregated major cities in the United States, in the late 1940s into the 1950s, by almost sheer force of personality, integrates that city. He, all by himself, pretty much, believes so much in the equality of the races and in integration that he heads up the, uh, the city Human Relations Commission he convinces white shop owners that it's actually good for business. It's good for everybody to deal with, as they would say in those days, Negroes. 
the black people, the poor black people from the ghettos who were the first congregants at People's Temple, were thrilled that here was, here was a preacher, whether he's white or black, who doesn't just sit there telling them, Jesus loves you, you're going to get your reward in the next life. Here was somebody who was saying, let's get off our butts, these are ways peacefully and positively we can move forward and make things happen. And he did make them happen. Mm -hmm. If Jim Jones had died in a car wreck as he's moving his congregation from Indianapolis to California in the 1960s, he would be remembered today as one of the great leaders of the early civil rights movement. Wow. And he deserved that. Things went off the rail later, yes. But his initial accomplishments are beyond skepticism. Okay, but was there a switch that went off, or was he a manipulating monster from childhood? Because I know his mom screwed with his head a lot. He always lied. He always manipulated. And clearly there were problems with him from the beginning. But his initial ministry in almost every way was positive. The problem being that from the beginning he's even lying to his parishioners, he's faking healings, but he would explain when he was caught, he was just doing what he had to do to bring people into the church, and once they were there, then he can lead them in positive directions. And what happens with him, with any demagogue, and Jones was a demagogue, is that they don't just descend arbitrarily into this. It happens gradually. And the people who've seen them doing good things start saying, well, we can overlook this or this or this because overall the greater good's being served, until finally it's too late, as it turned out to be in the jungles of Guyana. Uh, Jeff, okay, what advice do you have for those who are, are in a church that they might need to get out of because it's being run by a demagogue. In other words, you know, what can we learn from this, and, and what advice do you give? I'm on this all the time, man. I, it drives right. me nuts how stupid the sheep are. I, I grew up in the in the country, and I know how stupid sheep are, and there's a reason that the, the shepherd and sheep analogy keeps going today within the church, because the, the, the tribal um, numbness in the cranium is ridiculous. So how do you stand up and, and shake people enough to get them to wake up and realize that they're, that they're, they're in an, an unsafe environment? What do you say to, the, to people like that? What I've been saying over and over, it is a very simple checklist that you can make to see if, in fact, you're following a demagogue and if you're part of a group that is going to go in the wrong direction. The first is, is the person leading you saying, I am the only one who can help solve these problems, lead you out of these problems, is this person setting himself or herself up as the only possible solution. You've got to follow me or else. Second, does this person begin gradually or even precipitously trying to divide the world into two parts, us and the rest of the world who are our enemies? If you're getting any of that, get the hell away. <laughs> But here, Jim, people want so 
so much to think they're special. Well, that's it. And and this is when you're saying this, man. I'm hearing. I've been to. I visit a ton of churches, and I hear this stuff left, right, and center, especially in the evangelical scene, where it's an us and them kind of mentality. Especially in the evangelical Pentecostal scene, in the charismatic blab it and grab it, name it and claim it, Benny Hinn whack job scene. What? How do we? Okay, who, this is maybe a bit of a harsh question, but um, which is worse? Who are who are the 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 more evil, the leader or the followers of that leader for following that leader? There's a word that's positive that's used a lot among psychologists: enablers. Right. Okay, that's a better word. <laughs> and all these demagogues, these people who are enriching themselves, who are tearing society apart, who are setting otherwise well-meaning people against each other, for God's sake, what sense does that make? If, if you're going to blindly accept, there's no saving you. You can't, you can't reason with somebody who's decided not to think. And that's what's most frustrating. It happens in religion. God knows in America right now it's happening in politics. Yeah. Wow. It, it's, a, it's a great frustration. I, I share it with you. And one of the reasons I'm hoping my book will be helpful is maybe some people who read it will think, hey, wait a minute, that sounds a whole lot like the person who's preaching in my pulpit every Sunday or, or the person that I just voted for. Yeah. Yeah, I hope so as well. I really do. Okay, final question for you. Again, on the line here with Jeff Gwynn. He's the author of The Road to Jonestown, Jim Jones and the People's Temple. Fascinating and thorough is probably the best way to describe this book. Um, Who is around today, Jeff, that were former cult members or family members? Is the list extensive or are there only a few? In terms of People's Temple? Yeah. Uh, I would say at this point... There's probably a couple hundred people who are either at some at some point in their lives members of People's Temple, or who had family members who were and lost them. And, and obviously, there's age, and so there there are fewer and fewer every year. Right. But these one of the things that surprised me: these same people who survived Jim Jones and People's Temple, they had joined it because they were trying to make the world a better place, and they continue to be committed to that cause, and some of them, I think, are doing pretty valuable work. They're still out there, and they're still very willing to share what happened with Jones, hoping other people can learn from their mistakes. Well, as uh, I guess we all know, or at least you get to a certain age, you you know that anybody selling um, snake oil or lies usually um, adds a, a great dose of truth in the mix. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's that's uh, what Jim Jones was the best at, I think. Demog- what demagogues do to get their followers is they take current events, current problems, and exaggerate them, trying to make the danger seem even more immediate. They always talk in extremes. I mean, that's another great sign. Yeah. Well, of course, uh, we don't have to look much further than the White House to see that. So. No, we don't. No. Uh, Jeff... Thank you very, very much for what you do and what you write on. Uh, I thoroughly enjoy your books. Thank you very much. Take care. Bye-bye. Jeff Gwynn, author of The Road to Jonestown, Jim Jones and the People's Temple. 